Hey guys, it's John. Uh, I just wanted to say at the beginning of this very first episode of I Know Something with John and Rod that um, we have big plans for the show. We want to get at least 10,000 listeners per episode, and I know that is doable, but I also know that there's a lot of competition as far as podcasts are concerned, and I also know that that's going to take time. So in order to incentivize you guys to get the numbers up, if we get 200, just 200 listens this week alone, if we just get 200 listens to this very first podcast of I Know Something with John and Rod, at the beginning of the podcast next week, I will take one of those narrow sticky strips and rip the hair off of my chest. And you will hear it at the beginning of the podcast next week. So that's the deal. We get 200 listens. That just means, I don't know, you guys say you like it on Facebook, you share it on Facebook or on Twitter, or you tell people about it and you say, hey, you need to listen to the show. It's really funny and informative. And if it gets over 200 listens next week on July 28th, I, Jonathan Weir, will rip the hair out of my chest with one of those nair strips at the beginning of next week's episode. So that's the deal. So without further ado, here is I Know Something with John and Rod. So what's up? What do you got for me? All right. So uh, the way this podcast works is Rod and I love trivia and pop culture and stuff like that. So we're just going to trade facts back and forth. We're going to talk about music, movies, TV, and just whatever else. And uh, each one of us has brought a fact in those respective categories to the show. And then we're going to go over them. My music fact this week, Rod, yes. is that Warner Brothers has collected over $2 million in royalties every single year that they have owned the public usage of the song Happy Birthday. Oh, my God. They own the rights to that. So if you sing it, for right. instance, in a podcast which we can't do, or if you sing it on a TV show, you have to pay Warner Brothers royalties, now, remember, and they collect $2 million in royalties just on people singing happy birthday to each other. I remember when this first started to be a thing, and everybody's like, oh, you can't, you can't, you can't use that on a TV show or whatever. Yeah, yeah, you can't. You and, can't, and, and we can't do it on air. We, we both work in radio. We're both right. in broadcasting, and we're not allowed to sing it on air. And if we do, we can be hit with royalties. And it, you would could not think of a more publicly used everyone knows song you'd think yeah surely that's what do they call that just public access public domain public domain right that's just public domain yeah. anybody it's can most use natural that. thing yeah. everybody sings it to their kid everybody every from their first kid. birthday on my son could sing that song at three years right, old right i mean everybody knows that song yep no nope. but warner brothers actually owns it and they they're own the rights two million bucks because a year these two sisters wrote it uh the mill sisters i think is their name they wrote it about 150 years ago or 120 years ago and they had the rights to it up until they died and then warner brothers took over the rights to it i think it's the best case for why copyright should expire eventually yeah because it's absolutely sure. ridiculous that somebody is making money off of a song that they didn't even write that they have no claim to. It's kind of like uh, Marvin Gaye's kids suing Robin Thicke for yeah, using Marvin Gaye's song. But they didn't write it. They have no more reason right. to get the money for it than Robin Thicke does. Yeah. Once the songwriter is dead, shouldn't that mean that the rights to everything they do go away or too? at least after a certain amount of time. Yeah. I mean, uh, Jimi Hendrix's family is a perfect example of that. Yeah. They're Ugh. 
awful, awful people. Yeah. I mean, they really are. And every time somebody wants to do something to honor Jimi Hendrix, uh, they, they've been trying to get this movie made forever with... Um, What's his name? Andre 5000 or whatever. Uh, yeah, Andre 3000. Andre 3000, whatever. Uh, <laughs> How dare you get his number wrong? <laughs> he's he's not he, 5000 yet. He's working his way up. He is training. <laughs> he is training to get to 5000. And he, I've seen clips. He is an amazing Hendrix. I mean, he looks like him. He's got the mannerisms down. And they're, they're saying it's going to be this great film. Cannot use any Jimi Hendrix music yeah. in this movie. His, um, his family's like, no, can't do it. And, and he is actually a very good actor. Have you ever saw the movie Semi Pro with Will Ferrell? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's honest him, to God, it? my favorite Will Ferrell sports movie. My favorite of his sports movies is uh, Semi Pro. And Andre Ice Cold 3000 is in it. And he's great. And he's really funny Ice in Cold, it. That's his middle Ice, name. That's whatever. That's just <laughs> it's his rapper name. I don't know if rapper names actually count for real names. Kind of like it's his Christian name. Kind of like the names of children in Hollywood. They don't count as real names because you know eventually <laughs> it's going to change into something else. Cuz yeah. I think the best example of the copyright thing we're talking about too is um the fact that Courtney Love who drove Kurt Cobain to suicide <laughs> Makes tons of money. She has almost driven me to suicide. I know, and I don't even know her. (laughs) Seeing her tits 15 times in that Kurt Cobain documentary (laughs) that was on HBO. Seriously, I wanted to watch it so bad. If I saw her flabby, nasty tits one more time, those knee-knocking, carpet-dragging, scabbed, just horrible things, if I had to see them one more time, I was going to kill myself. The, the sad thing is I sat down to watch that documentary. I was kind of excited about it. You know, I'm a fan of Nirvana and Kurt yeah. Cobain, and, and I knew it was going to be sad, but, I, you know, I'm interested. I got all the way up to the part where she started talking, uh-huh. and literally You're I was like, I done. can't, I can't yeah. do it. I, tur- I turned well, it off and ne- have never watched the second half of that. His mother's no better. His mother's no. basically like you could totally see why he was with Courtney oh, Love yeah. oh, because yeah. she's just an older version of Courtney Love. And I think it's weird because Courtney Love and Kurt Cobain's mom kind of hit this point where they look the same age now. Yeah. And I think that just ugly doesn't age eventually. <laughs> that's that's just where it goes. <laughs> Cute ages poorly, as we've seen with Paul McCartney. Yeah, ugly yeah. ages Palm- up to a point, and then you're like, "Oh, you can't get any uglier than that." Palm- so you're done. And he looks a little like Angela Lansbury, now. <laughs> a little. That's why he's going from city to city. He's actually solving <laughs> murders. He's not touring with this rock man. Ah, I think that evil baker did it this time. All right. So what's your fact on music? Um, we I wanted to talk about. The uh, Paul McCartney, John Lennon feud. Oh, okay. So as a kid growing up, I've been a Beatles. Like it's this horribly offensive statement. I've been a Beatles fan my whole life. Yeah. Uh, They're only the biggest band ever. You know know what though? To be fair, that statement used to mean something a little bit more. The Beatles weren't in the 80s. The Beatles were like, oh, that, you know, boy band or whatever. Yeah, from, yeah. Eh, whatever. Yeah, they everybody was into the doors. Yeah, everybody. Yeah, you were into the cooler, drugged yeah. out bands. And maybe if you like the Beatles, you're like, yeah, Sgt. Pepper's is pretty cool. Yeah. But, oh, yeah, nobody liked the early stuff. Yeah, like, but it wasn't until, I think, the late 90s where it was really cool to like the Beatles again. Yeah. yeah. But no, I've been a Beatles fan my whole life. And as a kid, I thought Paul McCartney was just the coolest guy. Yeah, uh, our, that is our, definitely I, not something that's cool to say ever. Actually, I said that wrong. Uh, what I meant to say was I thought John Lennon was. Oh, the that makes more sense. Uh, John Lennon was cool. He was like the leader of the band. He was right. this hip guy. And Paul McCartney was kind of a dork. Now that I'm older and I've read all this stuff about the Beatles, I'm a big Paul McCartney fan. Right. 
John Lennon's a jerk. John Lennon basically rode Paul McCartney's coattails. Yeah. I mean, if it hadn't been for Paul McCartney, the Beatles wouldn't have even gotten to Sgt. Pepper. No. They would have broken no. up because everything after that was pretty much Paul. Yeah. Uh, Sgt. Pepper was all his idea. Most of the good stuff on, on I don't uh, the White Album to an extent, but definitely Abbey Road, the medley. I mean, oh, that's yeah. Paul. God, all of the so really fantastic. good stuff from the later Beatles that everybody's like, oh, they were such geniuses. Yeah. That's Paul. No, and and if you read stuff about John Lennon in his personal life and him as a as a regular guy, he was just a jerk, a very insecure, very, you yeah. know, just a, he was a jerk. I mean, there's no two ways about it. Uh, he constantly gave Brian Epstein a hard time for being gay, and I mean, he was just, he was mean. Mm-hmm. But not um, as hard a time as Brian Epstein wanted him to give him, <laughs> let's be honest. So anyways, <laughs> no, there's a story that uh, Epstein gave him a, a hand Joe on uh, on the beach in gave Spain. Him a handy, handy, yeah, mm-hmm. really mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah. So anyways, uh, the the Beatles broke up in seventy uh, one. Yeah, in nineteen seventy one, Imagine came out. Yeah, and on Imagine, John Lennon had a song called uh, "How Do You Sleep." Right. And it is a horrible attack on Paul McCartney. Right. It was, I mean, it is mean. Yeah, that song was so bad that George Harrison, who really didn't... Who played guitar on yeah, the song. Yeah, who played guitar on the song, and really didn't like Paul that much either, no. was like, dude, can you please tone it down yeah, just a, a little bit? bit? That's a little bit much. That's, that's yeah. You're going a little bit too far. Yeah. But um, So anyways, I think from my readings and from what I know of the Beatles... The Beatles were doomed after Brian Epstein died. Right. Uh, There was the beginning of the end for them, and they started having problems and blah, 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 because Brian Epstein drove that band. Right. He was the tyrant they needed. Exactly. And uh, anyways, uh, so in 1969, Paul McCartney, trying to keep the band alive, is like, hey, maybe we should get together and do some live shows. Like, we haven't done live shows in forever. Do some clubs. And John Lennon basically went... Yeah, I think that's a terrible idea, and I want a divorce. I want out. I don't want <laughs> yeah. to be a Beatle anymore. Yeah, I think he said, I divorced my wife. I wish I could divorce my band. Right. Yeah. And uh, and he was like, I don't want to be a Beatle anymore. I'm leaving. And their manager at that time was a guy named Alan Klein, and he was like, you, you can't tell anybody this. Like, you have to not tell anyone the Beatles are done. We've got two albums sitting on the shelf that are about to come out. Yeah. Shut up. Don't tell anyone. Yeah. And so it was like a big secret. But the Beatles pretty much knew they were done because John was out. Mm. So Abbey Road comes out in September of 69. In April of 1970, Paul McCartney publicly announces, I'm out of the Beatles. The Beatles are over. Oh, and by the way, here's my first solo. Yeah, album. it was a McCarthy. McCartney. Right. McCartney. Yeah. Did I say McCarthy? Yeah, that's Whatever. a different guy. That is. Yeah. That'd be funny. So- <laughs> Paul McCartney should have done that, though. He should have. <laughs> His first album should have been called McCarthy and it all about the, the House of Un-American Activities Commission. <laughs> People were like, what are you doing? Well, Paul? And, uh, but it really it really pissed John off because yeah. he, you know, to him, I, I left. Yeah. I'm the one. That I won is. Yeah. And I was told to keep it quiet. I am the decider. Yeah. Right. And and here Paul does this basically as a publicity stunt for his first album. And, and I guess the other three Beatles were all really pissed about it. Yeah. So they went ahead and put Let It Be out. In December, on December 31st, 1970, Paul McCartney filed a lawsuit to get rid of their partnership. To they, I guess they had signed some. Is, is, is the point of all of this that uh, Paul McCartney is actually the dick or is just no. as much a dick as John Lennon? Because it seems like that's where you're going with this. It, it kind of. Paul McCartney was was jerky about it. But at the same time, 
the I think the 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 original issues with the band started with John, John yeah. being a jerk. I mean, uh, there's a famous thing when Yesterday was recorded. Their producer George Martin went to uh, Brian Epstein and said. This is a solo album. This isn't a yeah. Beatles record. We should release this as a single, Paul McCartney. Right. He wrote it. The he other ones have nothing to do yeah, with it. Why should John band? share songwriting right. royalties with him? And and Brian Epstein told him at that time, if you do that, you'll kill this band. John uh, will lose his mind and the band will break up. Yeah. You have to put this out as Lennon McCartney written and a Beatles single. Yeah. And uh, But anyways, so yeah, so they're partnership was done i guess they had signed some deal agreeing to be partners for 10 years or some crap and and paul mccartney filed a lawsuit to get it abolished and so the other three members of the beatles were really kind of mad at paul for doing all this publicly and and big and uh so yeah john sets down and writes this song yeah how do you sleep? how do you sleep and the song came out in 90 or uh in 1971 on imagine and it's just brutal. I mean, he says yeah. things in there like... Hold on, let me pull up the lyrics yeah. for it. Uh, we can just take a pause in the podcast anyway. This is the beauty of not doing live broadcasting. Yeah. Do, 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 do. Okay, so here's the lyrics for How Do You Sleep. It's been about a, a, it's been about a year now. Ain't seen or heard from you. I've been missing you crazy. How do you sleep? I found the letter you wrote me. It still smells just like you. Damn those... Sweet memories. How do you sleep? How do you sleep? This can't be the right. No, That's hold on. Not it. This That's is not Jesse right McCartney. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Well, it said McCartney in the. <laughs> it said McCartney in the <sighs> thing, so I was like, oh, okay. Well, that's about Paul McCartney. No, but it's by it. Jesse McCartney. No, this is John Lennon's song. How do you sleep? <laughs> it's a totally different song. I'm leaving that. That was kind of sweet. I'm leaving that in. <laughs> that's funny that's just that's just good radio right there here's the lyrics of how do you sleep the actual lyrics for how do you sleep actual lyrics so sergeant pepper took you by surprise you that's better see song. right through that mother's eyes those freaks was right when they said you was dead hang on john lennon was asked about that line yeah because you know the whole yeah Paul's paul is dead, dead thing. and, here's, and uh, his comment was yeah paul mccartney died creatively yeah just he happened to Produced the medley for Abbey Road, yeah. and uh, <laughs> but know, yeah, his claim back in was, the USSR, obviously the works of a creative zombie, and he thought the, the that Wings sucked, and uh, uh, yeah, John thought Wings sucked, and yeah. yeah, his comment was, well, Paul died creatively. The one mistake you made was in your head. How do you sleep? You live with straights who tell you you was king. Jump when your mama tell you anything. <laughs> <laughs> that's got to be about john though right <laughs> no seriously I, I i can see john lennon being a dick but he was also i don't think john lennon hated anybody more than he hated himself yeah like oh, that yeah. is something that's true about him no, that is very and true he would be the first one to tell you you jump when your mama tell you that's, that's serious, john lennon john that's lennon not, had serious abandonment issues yeah. because of his parents but then the next line is the only thing you done was yesterday that's harsh and since you've gone it's just another day how do you sleep a pretty face may last a year or two, but pretty soon they'll see what you do. The sound you make is music to my ears. See? Muzak. See, that's fucking clever. That's what that is. <laughs> so you can see why John Lennon was the creative force behind the Beatles, because he could have said music, but he said no, Muzak. He said Muzak. To my ears. You must have learned something all those years. How do you sleep? Whatever. So now in May of 1971, Wings put out an album called Ram, mm -hmm. and there's a song on there called Too Many People. 
And a lot of people say that song is Paul talking crap about John and Yoko. And there's a lot of stuff in it that makes me think, yeah, it probably is. But four months later in September, that's right, right? May to, yeah, four months later, Imagine comes out with How Do You Sleep? Yeah. And people are like, oh, well, it's a response to this song. He didn't, he didn't do that in four months. Four months is not enough time. No, not back then. To have wrote yeah. that song, recorded it, and had it pressed on a record. Yeah. So he had How Do You Sleep already recorded with George. And yeah, called George up to come over and play on the song. Yeah. Saying F you to Paul. And like you said, even George. I don't was like, think ah. John needed any motivation at that point in their careers no, to write a no. shit song about Paul. No, and in right? like '72, they sort of made up, yeah. and it's reported that they hung out a few times and did some recordings or something. Yeah, yeah, but that we've never seen for some reason, right? Right, and and so evidently they're not good, right. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe they just recorded themselves screaming their songs at each other. <laughs> That'd <laughs> be pretty good. Like, like start screaming too many people and John starts screaming. <laughs> How do you sleep? <laughs> All right. Uh, so let's go to uh, movie facts. Okay. Um, you know that scene at the end of Terminator 2 where the T-1000 impersonates Sarah Connor and she's like uh, going up to John and she's like, John... Come here, it's okay. And then uh, Sarah Connor then comes up from behind her and blows her away. It's actually the T-1000. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's a weird scene yeah. because you think that Sarah Connor, John thinks it's Sarah Connor, but turns out that it's not. It's the T-1000 impersonating her. Uh, well, that wasn't CGI or trickery. And I always thought, like, I, I went back and watched the Terminator movie uh, a couple of years ago and actually just watched it recently when the new one came out. And I thought, wow, that was really well done. Because back then, you could tell, like, split screen. You watch Back to the Future 2, and where Michael J. Fox is a girl, is talking to Michael J. Fox. Oh, is, yeah, and yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. really bad. And oh, yeah. so cheesy. Like, and you it can looks almost uncomfortable. See, yeah, you can see, like, the line almost yeah. down the middle of the screen. And there's always some, like, plant or something separating, separating yeah. them. And I always thought, wow, that was so well done. And granted, the CGI in Terminator 2 was really good for the time, but it doesn't hold up that well no there's today. yeah there's there's obviously that, yeah. it's it looks like stop motion and stuff it looks like a really crappy video game from 1995 yeah. which is means it's like four years ahead of its time but still uh, apparently that wasn't cgi trickery that okay. wasn't split screen that was actually uh linda hamilton's twin sister leslie wow and so First of all, I love the idea that, the, that she has a twin sister that she gets to be in this movie. And she's like, Leslie, here's the thing. I know you've always wanted to be a star, too. You look just like me. No reason why you shouldn't, right? Right. So you're going to be in this huge movie I'm going to be in. Uh, the, the Terminator sequel, James Cameron directing it, Arnold Schwarzenegger, everybody's back. Um, you only have one line, and that's, <laughs> John, John, and then I shoot you in the back. <laughs> So, but, but, but that's your ticket to stardom. Yeah, oh, by the way, you totally won't totally come and be in our movie. You won't be credited. And then I'm going to kill you in the movie. And also people will just think it's CGI, but <laughs> huh? how weird though is that got to be for someone to have an identical twin who's famous? Yeah. Like you, uh, yeah. You've got you to walk around people thinking it's you. Yeah. Lim yeah. Linda Hamilton's in the grocery store or, or I say, uh, what was her name? Leslie? Leslie Hamilton. Leslie yeah. Hamilton is in the grocery store going, stop bothering me. <laughs> okay. That's not me. It's, it, it's gotta be okay. If you're somebody famous and somebody that's talented that people respect. So if you're, you're Linda Hamilton, it's fine. Right. But if you're Ronald Trump, 
and you're walking around, and for some reason you have the exact same hair. No, it's not me, okay? You're Justin I didn't say that about John McCain. That was my stupid brother, Donald. (laughs) Though, Though it also seems like a great way for a star to get out of... Any trouble that they get in in public, they can say, yeah, no, 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 that wasn't me. That's me. That That's my me. twin. Yeah, that but then who's going to believe you? <laughs> yeah, like Justin Bieber had a twin brother. Be like, oh, that was Jason Bieber. That wasn't me. That was my brother Jason. No, OJ Simpson killed his wife. I'm BJ. Leave me alone. <laughs> Anyways, I, I just thought that was funny. That is interesting. Um, you remember the movie? Obviously, a great film, Usual Suspects. Yes, 1995 film, Usual Suspects. Uh, it was directed by Brian Singer. Mm-hmm. I guess he did all the X Men movies. I didn't almost. Know that. He did uh, the first two, <clears throat> and then he's done. He's done. Uh, no, he did like Wolverine, and he's done. He's, he's done several. I think he didn't yeah. do the third one. That's right. He didn't do the third one, which everybody says is the worst of the X Men yeah. movies. Uh, but he he's done uh, Days of Future Past, and he's yeah, done, yeah. But he's he has done. done, he's done, done right, a lot right. of X Men. He's movies. done all but one. He did a great movie uh, called Apt Pupil, which is just that is a very good movie. movie. I didn't know he did that yeah, with yeah. Ian McKellen. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyways. That's in the movie, funny. in the movie, Usual Suspects, uh, one of the famous. It's a it, not a funny movie. Mm-hmm. It's a very cool, you know, great movie, but not what I call a funny movie. Yeah. But there's one scene in it that's pretty damn funny, which is the lineup scene uh, when they all get arrested and they're all in the lineup and they have to read the line on the card and it's like, "Give me the keys, mother effer," or something like. You can that. say fuck. We're on a podcast. That's true. Yeah. So. uh Anyways, they all step up and say, you know, give me the keys, motherfucker. Right. And they're all, it's a lineup, a police lineup. And they're all like laughing and snickering. And it's actually a really funny scene. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, Gabriel Burns, I think, says, like, you know, give me the keys, motherfucker. And then Kevin Pollock's like, give me the keys, motherfucker. Ah! Yeah. 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 So, anyways, or maybe that was Baldwin. It was Baldwin. But so there's the five of them are up there. The whole thing is they, they shot that scene. After a whole day of shooting this film. So we're all tired and, you know, we've been at this all day. Mm-hmm. All we got to do is get this lineup scene and you can go. And they're all like joking the whole time. And I guess there's like 27 takes of this thing and nobody can be serious. And Kev or uh, uh, Brian Singer's losing his mind mm-hmm. and he's pissed and he's screaming at Which him. Which probably just makes it even and funnier. And ruin this film and he's just yeah. madder than hell. And so when he goes into editing... He realizes, you know what? Screw it. And so he takes the best parts of all these scenes and pieces them together into this real funny little clip. Huh. And it works with the movie, it, 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 with the characters and everything who wouldn't take this lineup seriously. Right. You know, it makes it a better scene. Well, you know why it works is because that camaraderie that they had uh, as actors with each other works because you, you be, based on that scene, yeah. you feel like there's a real. Yeah, uh, like charisma between these people, which makes sense that they would then all get together. All get together. It really to... did help sell yeah. that because oh, if yeah. you didn't have that camaraderie between uh, the characters, you wouldn't. When later they go on to take on Kaiser Soze and all yeah, that stuff yeah. later, you'd be like, no, why wouldn't they just give up? Yeah, why exactly. wouldn't you just say, nope, nope, yep. nope, nope? All right, yeah. I'm out. So what I think is hilarious about this, Kevin Pollock, who I loved, I thought he was really yeah. a great guy. Um, he is actually a very good actor. He uh, is. Anything he's in, he's usually very good. Uh, at. He did an interview and they asked him about that scene mm-hmm. and he claims that Benicio del Toro farted like 12 times in a row <laughs> and it was some of the rankest farts he'd ever smelled <laughs> and everybody's trying to keep it together and they're all snickering and dying because it just reeks up there. And Benicio del Toro, when asked about it, was like, well, somebody farted. I, nobody really knows who. But yeah, the the claim is the reason the scene fell apart 
It's because Benicio Del Toro farted like 12 times. Whatever happened to Benicio Del Toro? I don't know. He did that terrible werewolf movie. And yeah. That's the last I ever I heard of him. He, because he was so great in that. And then he put on all that weight for Fear and Loathing in Las yeah. Vegas, which is one of my favorite movies of yeah, all time. And he is really perfect good in that. Yeah. as, as uh, Dr. Gonzo in yeah. that. Uh, here's, here's the clip that you were talking about with Benicio Del Toro in The Usual Suspects. Number three, step forward. <laughs> yeah, you can tell. Now that you've said that. How many keys, you cocksucker? In English, please. Excuse me. In English. How many fucking keys, you cocksucker? What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I love his accent. Yeah. In that. Well, I think that's how he talks, isn't yeah, it? Probably. Because <laughs> it's not like he was he was so well spoken in Fear and Loathing either. Um, but what I, I love about that too is if you watch the you know when they go back and they redo the movie for AMC or cable t- network and stuff like that, where where they have to replace the cuss words. Yeah. Uh, Benicio del Toro went back in and recorded it, and the line changed from "Give me the keys, you motherfucking cocksucker," to "Give me the keys, you fairy godmother." You fairy godmother. And I thought that's worse, isn't it? You fairy godmother. Oh, my God. I love how they do that. We talked about the uh, Big Lebowski, where it's when you find a stranger in the Alps. Yeah, yeah. It's um, the best. I was watching some movie the other day. Oh, it was 21 Jump Street. Mm-hmm. And on, like, TMZ or, or TMZ, on TBS or something. And... uh there's a scene where the guy pulls in and there's like, get in a car. And they're like, no, you know what? We're not going to get in a car. We're going to go. And the guy's like, get in the fancy car. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's do uh, one last fact. The facts for uh, TV. Yes, yes. Uh, my fact on TV is that Lisa Kudrow was originally cast as Roz on Frasier. Uh, we all know that Frasier, if you like the show, really? was, uh, Roz was played by uh, Perry Gilpin, I believe is her name, which sounds weird because she was very yeah, French. kind of hot. Sound, she's very, that smoky voice, oh my oh, God. Yeah, yeah. But I love the fact that somebody, that Lisa Kudrow would have been Roz on Frasier. I don't think it would have worked as no, well. No. Because she's too bubbly, and yeah. Roz is supposed to be like the down-to-earth counterpart to Frasier's you know, stratospheric, yeah, yeah, yeah. Was- I'm so goddamn smart, look at me in my mullet. Uh, that I can pull off as an intellectual. I mean, that was really the crowning achievement of Frazier. So he had a mullet <laughs> or a skullet. A skullet, yeah, really. A skullet, yeah. But he pulled that fucker off. He looked like Ben Franklin <laughs> on a good day. Anyway. <clears throat> My uh, TV fact, the mm-hmm. thing that amazes me, uh, I just finished watching uh, Breaking... I say just finished here about a month or so ago, finished the Breaking Bad series mm-hmm. on Netflix. Um, first of all, I got to say this. I had talked to many people like, how can you not watch the show? It's so good. Yeah. Uh, my friend Jonathan here, mm-hmm. I said to him one day, yeah, I haven't, <laughs> I haven't ever seen Breaking Bad. And Jonathan looks at me very serious. He goes, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> I'm like, I'm sorry, what? He goes, how can you not watch that show? It's only the best show ever made for television. In fairness, it's not like I say that to everybody right. who tells me they haven't seen Breaking Bad. <laughs> if, you know, uh, my 90-year-old grandmother goes, <laughs> yeah, no, Jonathan, I'm looking for a good TV show to watch. And we'll have you watch Breaking Bad. No, I've never even... What the fuck is wrong with you, Nana? You stupid... Listen to Get me. Get your head out of your ass, Nana. You go watch that fucking show right now, or I'm going to make sure you don't get your insulin this month. 
But yeah, you uh, honestly. But I did it to you because <laughs> it seems right up your alley. Oh, and that, it totally it, I mean, is. You love Game of Thrones. Yeah, oh yeah, totally uh, is. You it's love all those gritty show. dramas yeah. and stuff. But I, I was I was amazed that you weren't following it the same as me. <laughs> and so yeah. Jonathan says, what the fuck is wrong? How could you not watch that? I'm like, I'll watch it. I'll watch it. I swear. And so I started watching it. Turns out, obviously, great show. Love yeah. the show. But I found out recently, and I did not know this, the Air, uh, uh, Aaron Paul's character, Jesse Pinkman, mm-hmm. was only supposed to be the first season. The original idea was that he would die at the end of the first season in some bad drug deal. Right. And that the rest of the series Paul or Paul uh, Brian Cranston, uh, uh, Brian Cranston, uh, Walter White would have this horrible guilt about it, and it was going to be this big part of his character is his guilt over getting young yeah. Jesse killed, right? And uh, Aaron Paul was so good, and it, the chemistry between him and Cranston was so great that the writers were like, "No, no, we're going to change that, yeah. and he's going to be in it." And he was in it all the way. He was him and. Walter White are the only two that are in every episode. Mm. You know, that that's I'm so glad they did that because what defines Walter White and what makes some people say that he is an evil character is the fact that he is guiltless. Like he or not that he is blameless for things, but he doesn't personally feel oh, guilty yeah. for yeah. anything. Seems he seems to have no conscience. Yeah, whatsoever. no conscience whatsoever. Yeah. He justifies everything, everything he did yeah. as I was just trying to support my family. Well, it doesn't make any sense when you already have $5 million and that should be enough to support your yeah. family. And nope, nope, I got to keep going because he was addicted to selling the drugs. Right, he was to addicted the, to be the, power, the kingpin yeah. and the power and the empire. Uh, so, yeah, I'm so glad they did that. Apparently, Aaron Paul, by the way, was almost killed on the set of Breaking Bad. Oh, really? Uh, in that first season, there's like a big rock that was on top of the RV. And he was doing a scene and he was whatever, you know, saying, yeah, bitch, about whatever. <laughs> and he like took three steps away. And all of a sudden, this giant rock just fell off of the RV and landed right in the spot that he was standing. Oh, just really? like seconds before that. So they might have. Wow. It would have sucked if you're Vince Gilligan, the writer and creator <laughs> of the show. If you're like, you know what? This Aaron Paul kid is so good. No, we need to make the show yeah. about Brian Cranston and Aaron Paul. You know what? I'm going to go tell Aaron Paul right there. Splat. <laughs> you know what? Back you know, to, never mind. Back to the original idea. That's fine. Back to the original idea. He died already. Um, uh, he really broke bad. Well, I just think it's amazing that here again, the. I can't imagine that show being any different than, than the two of them. Yeah. And I mean, half the show. One of the only redeeming qualities at some point to Walter White is that he's still at least kind of loyal to Jesse. Yeah. That he still at least wants Jesse to live. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but Aaron Paul was nominated for f- every season of that, was nominated for an Emmy, won three Emmys. Yeah. And nominated five times. I mean, that's amazing. And it's kind of sad because what is, I mean, I know it's only been a couple of years since the show went off air, but. Here again, Where is he? like you said with Walter White, he had five million. Why do you need to keep selling yeah, drugs? Yeah, Aaron Paul's made a lot of money and a lot of fame. Maybe he can sit done. back and relax for a while. Well, maybe he can be like Neil Patrick Harris and um, become gay. That's <laughs> I was going to say. I was hoping and adopt kids. I was going to well because Neil Patrick Harris did Doogie Howser. Yeah, and then just went away, appeared, and then he came back for, with uh, right. How I Met Your Mother. But I'll, I meant Aaron Paul should go gay because Aaron, if you're listening. <laughs> I I really call think me. you think it was magic between you and Brian. <laughs> you could call me bitch all yeah. day. <laughs> I I insist on it. 
All right, that's the show for this week. Thank you guys so much for listening. Remember, if we get 200 listens by Tuesday, the 28th of July, I will wax my chest with one of those nair strips. Uh, by the way, every 200 listens we get means an extra nair strip. So just keep that in mind. Uh, share the show, like the show, do whatever you have to do to get the show out there. <laughs>